Welcome brides and bridal biz besties to the Pick a Seat, Not a Side podcast, where we unravel the secrets to a bride's dream wedding experience and empower makeup artists and hairstylists to take their businesses to the next level. I'm your host, Patrice Williams, and not too long ago, I went from being a stressed out, overworked, and underpaid assistant director in higher education to being the owner of a thriving, multiple six-figure bridal beauty business. I'm here to share the lessons that I've learned and the wisdom that I've gained working with both brides and freelancers from lots of trial and error, mistakes, losses, but also a good deal of wins. So I'm so grateful that you've tuned in to the Pick a Seat, Not a Side podcast, where we are covering all things bridal and beauty. So grab a snack and pick a seat, but not a side. Welcome back to another episode of the Pick a Seat, Not a Side podcast. I just have to say that I feel like I have not recorded in what feels like a month. Now, I know that it took me a little bit long to edit the um, episode that I did with Mariana, where we talked about putting aside egos and benefits of freelancing and all that. But for some reason, it feels like I have not picked up my equipment literally was sitting in the bag since me and Mariana recorded. So it feels so good to be back. It feels good to be sharing information and talking to my freaking people again. And today's episode was actually inspired by some recent market research that I've been doing. So we're working on ways to just up level our experience, up level our brand moving into 2024. And I have been asking people what are some of their fears and concerns and things that they just maybe genuinely work about when it comes to the hair and makeup process. And someone made a very good point. And I think more people feel this way than they're actually willing to admit. But they said, you know, I was worried about hating my hair and makeup and not having enough time to fix it. So today's episode is definitely inspired by that feedback. um, Because like I said, I think a lot of people are in that position when they're doing their hair and makeup team research, but not necessarily willing to directly tell their artists, hey, what happens if I just like really don't like this? So I want to give you some proven foolproof steps that are going to make sure that you absolutely love your hair and makeup every time. If you follow these steps exactly how I have them laid out, you will never, not even for your wedding day, engagement party, bridal shower, hair and makeup, whenever you are hiring a hair and makeup artist, if you follow these steps, you are going to love it every time. But of course, before we get into the official episode, I absolutely have to start off with something that's just making me feel absolutely fantastic this week. So I have to admit, 2023 has been just full of growing pains. It's been full of lessons and you know, mistakes that I've made. And yes, like I say in the intro, there have been lots of wins this year and lots of wins throughout my entire career. But 2023 has been our most lucrative year. It's been our busiest year as a team. So that comes along with exhausting a certain mental energy. And this week, or actually last weekend, but I'm still riding the high of it this week since it's Tuesday. This past weekend, I completed my very last double wedding day. Now let me tell you why that is phenomenal for me and why I'm celebrating that. 
So when I first started doing double wedding days, and what do I mean by double wedding days? I mean that I am starting at one wedding, typically only servicing the bride and then going on to a second wedding. Yes, at the first wedding or even the second wedding, there are times where I'm servicing an entourage member as well, which is fine. But for the most part, I'm only servicing the bride and potentially a small number of other people. Now, at first, I loved it because I get to be, you know, involved in everybody's wedding day, which is fantastic. And as the business owner, I want to make sure that I'm still being face forward. I want to make sure that I'm still being visible, still very present in my business. However, Murphy's Law is a real thing. And a lot of times when they say whatever can happen will happen, definitely applies to double wedding days. So I would start out at one wedding and this is not something that happens every single time there's a double wedding, but it does happen a good amount of times, which is why after a while it started to become very, very stressful. So what would happen at the first wedding is that somebody would be running late or they would be opening up their gifts or there would be distractions while they're in the hair and makeup chair or just something would happen that would derail that perfect timing that I've set up. And what does that do? Of course, makes you late for the second wedding or even let's say everything ends on time according to plan. Great. Okay. Well, valet took, you know, 30 to 45 minutes to bring your car back around. So what does that do? Makes you late for the second one. Once you're late for the second one, then the energy is just off and it's just not a good time. So what I initially thought was a fantastic idea in order for me to be present in, you know, just about everybody's wedding ended up being not so great and not so enjoyable. And it ended up being just like a major source of contention and stress for me. So it feels very good to put that behind because ultimately two things, A, it's my job to make sure that our brides have the absolute best wedding day possible, free of as much stress as possible, that the wedding morning flows as smoothly as possible. And two, I have a freaking fantastic team. Like, I mean, like, like really, really talented, really good. They do a great job giving a great client experience. They do great work. They have great timing. So why not allow them to work on more brides as well? Now, I was the only one that was doing the double wedding days. I would never put another team member in that position because if something goes wrong, I want it to be my fault. I would never want it to be anybody else's fault on my team. But after a while, I just started to realize that like this is not what I want for myself and it's not what I want for other people. And I felt like, I'm not going to lie, I felt like every time I left the first wedding that the party was just getting started and I was walking out of fun. And then I just felt like this intense fear and FOMO that I was like missing something really exciting. Um, and I don't like to feel FOMO. So <laughs> that is a big reason why double wedding days just don't work for me. Um, you know, I had to do what I had to do to to get through the year, but I am happy to say that they are no longer any wedding that I'm working now moving forward. I just get to be fully present in that particular bride's day. I get to have fun. And actually, I'm going to hop back a little bit too, is that just me being a human, 
I need time to transition into a new environment. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm going to be like shaking like a chihuahua in the corner when I first walk in. But just there's whether it's good, bad and different, there's always going to be a new energy anytime you're walking into a different environment. And I feel like I'm coming off of this high on the first wedding and like everybody's happy, everybody's screaming, we're all like having fun together. And then you never know what you're walking into when you go to the second wedding. So it just feels good to be able to officially say we will no longer be doing double wedding days. I can fully be present with whomever I'm working with. My team can fully be present. They are amazing. They deserve a piece of the pie too. So it just feels good to have that behind me. So that is what's making me feel absolutely fantastic this week. And knowing that I can just kind of focus on one thing at a time. And I have more time now that the season is slowing down to just kind of improve the client experience going into 2024, improve some back end things of the business, clean some things up, make some of our documents look a little bit prettier. It just feels good to be in this season of like, starting to wind down. And I I love that for myself. I love it for everyone that's attached to me. I love it for everyone in the industry. So like I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, I am so freaking excited to share these tips with you on how to make sure that you love your hair and makeup every single time. And again, like I mentioned, this is something that I think a lot of people are really afraid of, but just don't say, because of course you never want to offend your artist. You want to make sure that you're being respectful to everyone. And I totally get that. But I promise you, if you follow these steps that I'm going to lay out for you, you are going to have a fantastic experience 100% of the time. So let's not waste any time. Let's get right into it. First things first is, of course, we want to be doing our research. And in the first bridal episode about how to choose your vendors and a stress-free way to choose your vendors, I mention how to go about doing the research process. And just to kind of recap quickly, Google and Instagram are phenomenal search engines to be doing your research on. I'm always going to be pro Instagram because they have things like stories and re you can hear the voice, you can see the vibe. Yes, you can see the work, but you can also get a general idea of the vibe of the person that you're working with. So I'm always going to be team Instagram, but I'm also going to be team Google. I mentioned some other search methods that you can use, but Google and Instagram are my absolute favorite. And the reason why doing your research is so important is because you are going to be looking for something different than the person that's on the left of you and the person that's on the right of you. Everyone has a different hair and makeup need that's going to suit them. And that is 100% okay. And Also in the first episode that's geared towards brides, I mentioned some of the holes and errors in just setting out this mass search of saying, hey, I'm looking for a hair and makeup artist for my wedding day. Send me all of your recommendations. 
we want to be very specific about what we're looking for. And it's also important in this situation, in this episode in particular, as it applies, it's also very important to know what you're looking for. And if you haven't figured out exactly what you're looking for and some of those details that you're looking for in the show notes of the first Bride Geared episode, there is a form that you can fill out to help you get your thoughts from your brain to paper, help you organize your thoughts and help you really define exactly what you're looking for in your hair and makeup team and really in any vendor in general. But you want to be doing your research because of course, yes, you want to get a vibe for the hair and makeup team that you're working with, but you also want to make sure, and I think this is very overlooked and I'll explain why in a second, you want to make sure that you can see yourself in the work and in the style that the hair and makeup team provides. A lot of times we'll look at pictures and especially if the hair and makeup team posts like your traditional, you know, Instagram model looking girls, a lot of times people do not necessarily see themselves in their hair and makeup team's work, but they just see a pretty face and they think, oh, that person is what seems to be quote unquote pretty. So that means that they're going to make me feel quote unquote pretty. And that can be very true. However, if you are not seeing features that look like yours, if you're not seeing styles that look like the style that you're going for, that may not be the hair and makeup team for you. And you're not only setting yourself up to potentially not have a good experience, but you're setting that artist up to potentially not have a good experience working with you as well. So when you're looking for your hair and makeup team, be sure that you're seeing people that have similar skin tone to you, similar hair texture to you. Make sure that the vision that you have for yourself on your wedding day, that you physically see it represented in this stylist portfolio. Because what that's going to do is that's going to set you up for realistic expectations by the time those looks transfer on you. We've had it happen before and so many times where we'll come by way of recommendation to someone, which is fantastic, right? Like I love a good referral. However, by the time we get on the phone, we realize that that person is not necessarily looking for something that we have to offer. That person just came to us because someone else had something really great to say. And again, I'm so thankful when people refer us. I'm so thankful when people have great things to say about us. But ultimately, we want to make sure that you have the best wedding day and we want to make sure that we have a great experience working with you too. And the biggest way to kill that is to not be able to provide you exactly what you're looking for. So be sure to be doing your research to make sure that you actually like your stylist work and to be sure that you know for sure that that hair and makeup team can execute the look that you're looking for. And another reason I really stress doing your research is because in 2023, It's just cute and cool to be like, for some reason, over editing photos and just like adding heavy, heavy filtering to them to the point where the skin doesn't even look real. It looks fake. And let's be honest, most people do not have skin that looks as smooth as an edited picture. I know I said it. I know no one wants to be the first to admit that they edit their pictures. I get that. But especially if there's artists that are listening to this episode, if you're editing your photos and then posting them on Instagram or whatever platform you're on, I highly encourage you not to do that because A, like I said, 
there is a very small percentage of people that have skin that are actually that's actually as perfect as that edited photo and b you're setting yourself and your client up for failure your client is expecting that they are going to look exactly like those edited photos and while you're looking at their skin that may not be as perfect as what you've posted after you've edited it you're also setting yourself up for failure so if you are an artist listening to this episode please do not be editing your pictures because you're making it hard out here for all of us But back to my brides, you want to make sure that the photos are not edited because you want to be able to see realistic executions of the look that you're looking for. So do your research, telltale sign to tell if a photo is edited. Most people do not edit the chest for whatever reason. So if you zoom in and the skin still looks very, very smooth, almost to the point where it looks fake, but the chest looks textured, mm, edited. If the face and the chest don't match, that is a telltale sign that that photo has been edited. So research, 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 research. Second thing that you're going to do is you're actually going to talk to your hair and makeup team. Again, I mentioned this in the first episode. Ideally, you'll hop on a phone call prior to booking, but you're going to talk to your hair and makeup team in detail about your vision before you book. Because what that's going to allow both you and the artist to do is just hash out exactly what you're looking for and make sure that it can be provided. Yes, in the phone call, you can entertain things like what's the vibe look like? You can get some of your other questions answered. But initially, you want to make sure that that artists can execute your vision, that artist is comfortable executing your vision, and really that they want to execute your vision, right? Because some artists fall into a specific niche and the style that you're looking for may not necessarily be their ideal client, which is 100% okay. That's why we want to be having that conversation before we book. Because some teams are really going to specialize in soft glam. Some teams are really going to specialize in supernatural makeup. Some people are going to specialize in glam waves. Some people are going to specialize in super sleek, low updos. Some people are going to specialize in boho. Some people are going to specialize in clean. So you get the point. You want to make sure that you're having that conversation so that what you're looking for is actually that hair and makeup team specialty. And also in this conversation prior to booking, if there are concerns that you have, if there are skin concerns, if there are hair concerns, if you need to entertain a conversation about extensions or anything that's going to make sure that you're looking your best come wedding day, that's the time to hash that out. And that's also a good time for your artist to really explain their process and their method of attack for making sure that you get exactly what you're looking for. So talk about the vision, ask all the questions prior to booking. That's number two. So the third thing that I want you to do is around inspiration photos. This should be something that happens prior to you coming in to physically meet your artist. Now, some teams will just have you send inspiration photos over to them via email, which is fantastic. At MU8, we do it a little bit different because I would rather have you communicate too much information than not enough information. Let me explain. So once our brides are booked, they will receive 
in one of their confirmation emails what's called a client connection questionnaire. In that client connection questionnaire, we're outlining how they would describe their look, both in pictures and in words. So we're going through a checklist of, do you want a low updo? Do you want a high mid updo? Do you want a ponytail? Do you want a half up? Do you want glam waves? What does your hair density look like? What does your hair length look like? What does your hair color look like? Talk to us about what kind of skin you have. Is it normal, dry, combination, oily? Talk to us about all the steps that are included in your skincare routine, right? Because if there are gaps in your skincare routine, routine, likely it's going to impact the wear of the makeup. So those are things that we want to know beforehand so that we can combat them by the time we get to the trial or have a more in-depth discussion about it by the time we get to the trial. In the form, we're also talking about how they would describe their ideal makeup look. Would you describe it as natural but notice? Would you describe it as soft glam? Would you describe it as full glam? We want to hear in words how you would describe your look and how your look can potentially translate on you before we get to the pictures. And I think that it's important to go over the wording and the description first prior to pictures because we all have very different descriptions of what natural means versus what glam means versus what a natural lash looks like or a a lash that's too dramatic what that looks like so I love to hear the description of what you're looking for then I almost kind of like when you're reading a book you have like this picture of what the character looks like and you have a picture of how they look doing whatever the author is describing. Same thing with this client connection questionnaire. I'm kind of already making up in my mind what your vision is going to look like. And then at the bottom of that client connection questionnaire, that's where we're hashing out inspiration photos. So I always tell people, when they're working with us to upload inspiration photos of our work in particular. Does it happen all the time? No, but do I want it to happen all the time? Yes, because if you're giving me Pinterest photos, if you're giving me photos of someone else's work, a lot of times we can fall into the pit of it being very edited or having like three packs of extensions applied. And that is not a realistic representation of what we do, how we work and what our work looks like. So I encourage people to go through our Instagram, go through our website, find inspiration photos and then send those. Now here's what I will say. If you're going through your hair and makeup team's portfolio, in order to send over inspiration photos, because I'm telling you, it absolutely should always be coming from your hair and makeup team. You know that they can recreate that work. If you're showing your hair and makeup team a picture that is not their work, there is no guarantee, and rightfully so, there is no guarantee that they can reproduce that work because it wasn't done by their hand. Yes, if it's a half up, sure, they can recreate a half up. If it's a party pony, sure, they may be able to recreate a party pony, but do not expect it to look like that if it's not their work. So uploading inspiration photos from your team as well as photos of yourself, which is what we have our brides do, really allows us to see how that vision is going to translate on you so we can start to set up some realistic expectations both for you and for us. So let's say that you have medium hair 
and you're uploading a photo of someone with hair that is like completely down their back, completely full bodied, but you don't want to entertain the idea of extensions. Again, we're not setting ourselves up for a realistic expectation. Now, if you're open to extensions, yes, that's a different conversation that we can have, but we want to make sure that the features match according to what we're bringing to the table, and we want to make sure that that stylist can provide the look that you're looking for. So inspo picks, inspo picks, inspo picks. And again, our process is a little bit different. We unpack the vision both in pictures and in words because I'd rather have too much information than not enough information because too much information is going to allow me to have more than I need to make sure that that client has a good experience. Now, the only caveat that I will add to that is if we have too much information and the ideas are just like all over the place, there's 19 different inspiration photos and none of them look alike and everything's completely different, that is a different story. I mean too much information that aligns with a singular vision, not too much information as in, oh, maybe I can entertain a low updo. Maybe I can entertain glam waves. Maybe I can entertain natural but notice makeup. Maybe I can entertain full glam makeup. That is not what I mean when I say too much information. I mean too much information in the singular vision that you've outlined. Fourth thing that you're going to do to be sure that you love your hair and makeup is at the trial, be specific about what you're looking for. If this is the first time that you've gotten the chance to have a super in-depth conversation with your hair and makeup team about what you're looking for, capitalize on that and make sure that you are being very, very specific. General words like, hey, I'm looking for soft glam or I'm looking for something natural, or I'm looking for something soft. Those words, A, they're very, very general, and B, they just mean something different to every single person. For example, if you're an Ulta girly and you go through Ulta and you buy your lashes at Ulta and you walk through the lash aisle, there's a specific Ardell lash in the number, my personal favorite is 421. Now, 420, Ardell 420 and Ardell 421, those are relatively natural lashes in my opinion. Because I have a hooded eye, not a lot of lid space, I prefer to take a 420, cut it in half, pop it right on the end to give myself just a natural lash enhancement. There have been times where I've used Ardell 420s on clients and they felt that it was too dramatic and it felt very glamorous. So to me, what feels very natural, what feels like, oh my gosh, I'd like, you know, wear this to run an errand to someone else can feel like, oh my gosh, this is too much. I'm having an out of body experience. So that's why words that just start and end at, hey, I'm looking for something soft. I'm looking for something natural. I'm looking for something clean. That is why those words aren't necessarily the most productive words to use when you're communicating with your hair and makeup team. So I always encourage people to be specific, especially if your hair and makeup team is just going on what you're saying and is not asking a lot of questions. Now we, we're gonna get in there, we're gonna ask the questions, it might feel annoying. However, I do understand that a lot of people are very confident in the process and the skill that they have to offer so they may not have as many questions for you. We just get a client that ranges anywhere from a natural but notice to soft glam 
which can be so different. And that is why we want to make sure that we're asking questions. So I encourage you as the bride to be very specific. What does natural mean to you? Does natural mean that maybe you want a smoky eye, you just mean natural colors. So neutral tones that are found in earth, like browns and golds and tans and beiges. Is that what natural means to you, but you still could use a smoky eye? Or does natural mean, hey, I really want like a no makeup makeup look, a barely there eyeshadow. So it means something different to everyone, especially depending on your hair and makeup team's niche. In terms of your hair, are you looking for a little bit of volume? Are you looking for a lot of volume? Are you looking for texture? Are you looking for things to be very clean? What do you do on a normal basis in comparison to what you're doing for your wedding day? Those are all things that are going to influence the final outcome of hair and makeup. And those are things that we want to be talking about. So I do understand that some clients come in and they're like, hey, I just trust you, do what you do. But what I do on a regular basis for my job and what you do on a regular basis with your hair and makeup when you're getting up and going to work or even going on a date night could be very, very different. So to avoid being on two different pages, be specific and have in-depth conversations about what you're looking for specifically at the trial when you're meeting your hair and makeup team for the first time. So let's say everything's done. And you look in the mirror and you notice some things that you'd like to change, which is absolutely okay. I want to stress that it is okay to have changes to your hair and makeup, whether they're immediate changes or whether they're changes that have to be made on wedding day. You will absolutely never, ever, ever offend your hair or makeup artist if you say, hey, what if we try this instead of this. That is not a problem at all. And that's actually what we want. And I just want to drive this point home a little bit because I do understand that, you know, it can be very personal. It feels like, oh my goodness, this person just spent, you know, an hour, an hour and a half or however much time it takes anyone to do their job. They just spent this amount of time executing their craft and their work. And now I'm telling them that I want to change something. I just want to be very, very clear that that is okay. There is absolutely nothing wrong with making changes. I will tell you what is wrong. What is wrong is that if you look in the mirror, especially at trial, and you say, oh my gosh, this is fantastic, this looks so good, and then you walk out, you leave, and as soon as you hit, we're on the third floor, so I say, as soon as you get off the elevator, you're like, oh my God, I hate it, I want to take it off. If you've told us to our face that you love it and you haven't even gotten 100 yards away and you're already talking about how much you hate it, that is a problem. That is very offensive because we absolutely do everything that we can to create a safe space. And I'm sure so many other hair and makeup teams do. We do everything we can to make sure that we're creating a safe space and making sure that you feel great about communicating with us and you feel great about being transparent with us because we'll be transparent with you. So we want to make sure that you give us that same courtesy and being transparent about anything that you'd like to change. And I always tell people, you know what? We didn't tattoo you. We didn't microblade you. There's nothing that's permanent. 
literally with my cellar water and a makeup wipe, this can come off and this can be changed. So it's not a big deal at all. And if you've done the appropriate research beforehand, it's never an artistic issue, right? It's never like a, hey, I think you did a really bad job. Most of the times it's, hey, I just think that I have a little bit different of a preference than what we talked about. So maybe there's a part of the conversation where we need to have something a little bit more in depth to make sure that we're on the same page and that is 120% okay. So there is never, ever, ever anything wrong with making changes. We encourage it. We encourage you to give your knee-jerk reactions at the end of the trial. We encourage you to take a day, take the rest of the day, live in the hair, live in the makeup, and then at the end of the day, let us know any changes that you want made. And it is okay to have changes right off the bat. It is also okay to have changes a little bit later on in the day that maybe you just didn't think of right when you were there, but But if there is something that is glaringly obvious that you see right off the bat, just make sure that you are honest and make sure that you're communicating that. And there is a way to say that you don't like something or that you'd like to change something. And I think this is where people get caught up because it's hard to say, hey, like I like I mentioned a few minutes ago, it's hard to say, hey, I know that you spent your time on this, but I don't like, you know, X, Y and Z that you did. It's not that we're having to go in and say, hey, I don't like the work that you did. But what we can do and what I would like to offer is that you can say, hey, I absolutely love the way that you did the, let's say we're talking about liner. Let's say the liner's a little bit too bold. I think that you did a great job on the liner. However, I just think for my comfortability and my personal preference, I'd prefer just a little bit less. Easy peasy, done. We don't need to spend a ton of time on it. If you don't wanna lay it on that thick and say like, hey, I I just love what you did and I think that you did an awesome job, but this is what I wanna change. If that's not in your personality, it can be as cut and dry as you looking in the mirror, taking an observation about what was done and then saying, instead of this, why don't we try this? So let's use the liner example again. Let's say that the liner is a very defined wing and it's a little bit heavier than you're used to, and you really just want your lash line to have eyeliner on it without having the wing, you can say, instead of the bolder wing liner, is it possible that we just try a liner straight across the lash line? Boom, done, easy. So regardless of how you communicate that, or actually, no, I'm not going to say regardless of how you communicate that, because there is a way, there's a right way and a wrong way, of course, right? We don't want to be defiant. We don't want to be nasty. We want to make sure that we're respecting other people as humans and as artists for their trade and their job. But the bottom line is that we want you to be honest. We want you to be comfortable. We want you to feel like you are in a safe space to get exactly what you're looking for on your wedding day. So I hope that those five tips were helpful. And yes, we did ultimately end up at five. (laughs) I hope that those five tips were very, very helpful to you. As long as you follow those five tips to a T, you are guaranteed to have a 
phenomenal hair and makeup experience every single time guaranteed. It is going to require you to do some research beforehand. It is going to require you to have a conversation beforehand. It is going to require you to have a conversation after, but in collaboration with your hair and makeup team, as long as you follow these five things, you are guaranteed to have a flawless experience every single time. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you did, and if you're listening, be sure to screenshot and post on Instagram stories and mention at Pick a Seat Podcast so we can follow along in the journey with you. But until next time, be sure to pick a seat, but not a side. Thank you so much, brides and bridal biz besties, for tuning into another fire episode of Pick a Seat, Not a Side, where we empower brides and bridal beauty pros on their journey to the big day. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Pick a Seat Podcast for all of the latest updates. And for all the brides searching for their dream hair and makeup team, be sure to follow MU8 at MU8 Bridal Beauty on Instagram. And you can inquire for your big day at www.mu8bridalbeauty.com. We would absolutely love your podcast support, so please be sure to subscribe and leave us a sparkling review if you're loving what you're hearing, because your feedback allows us to continue to sprinkle our magic. But until next time, stay beautiful, my friends, and don't forget to pick a seat and not a side.